music and more and today's special guest can say is the icon the statuous mr dave risque dave what's going on brother oh a lot's going on a lot is going on maurice okay that's um, good I'm, I'm, i am so honored to be here i'm humbled by this to be on your show to yes, be sir. interviewed by grammy winning <laughs> i believe you won the first grammy in the house community is that uh no it was frankie's first you second? Yeah, uh, Dave and Morales, okay. and then I came after that. Hey, yeah, come so, on, man. So I'm, I'm in good presence, good company, Yes, you man. are. Yes, you are. But I appreciate this. No, um, we wanted to do this for a while back, man. But I'm just um, I'm blessed and honored to have you right now for this. So are uh, you ready to get into it? Oh, yeah. All right, let's do it. So, Dave, you are the walking embodiment of house culture, and you're at the beginning of the history. How did disco find you, and in what year? Oh, wow. Disco, I would have to say, if you want to say that in the purest form before disco became commercialized, I would say uh, Sammy Davis Jr. in 1974. Really? Yeah. Uh, my dad was uh, his bodyguard, and he was at the Mill Run Theater. Okay. Uh, I had, I believe I was, you know, because 1974, I was born in 1961, so I was 13 years old. Right. Uh Somewhere around that 12, 13. My, my, my dad always wanted me to be dressed sharp. So I was in a Pierre Cardin. I was going to bring the picture. That's a real right, picture. Right, I, right, there right. ain't no Photoshop. Okay. And so um, I'm at the, the Mill Run Theater backstage. I don't know who to sleep. I mean, I'm just I'm just hanging out. So it could have been it. But I, was, I have a picture with his wife, Adolphus right, Davis. Right. So anyway, that to see Sammy performing at the Mill Run. Yes. And that's 1974. I got a taste of Hollywood. And well, actually, a taste of a legend. Yeah. I mean, Sammy started when he was five years old. Yeah, yeah. So I got touched by him. Before then, it was Jackie Wilson. Okay. And that was at the Avalon. Now, mind you, I'm six years old. Right. And women are screaming. I'm like, What's, I think I thought the place was on fire. Yeah. But they were screaming because Jackie Wilson was on stage performing, and I got a chance to be backstage with him. Right. And have a picture with him in the dressing room. My mother has this at my mom's house. Wow. So I got blessed by those two legends. Yes. Okay. And so really, I would say for me, um, the 70s uh, with the jazz fusion, um, and I, I have a rock, rock music is in my roots. Okay. Because rock music is our roots. Right. So really, I would say 74, 1974. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What was your upbringing and how do you think that shaped you culturally? Oh, wow. Well, my mother... Uh, you know, I, I showed my a picture of my mother to an African, and okay. he said my mother was white, right? Right. So, uh, not knowing the fact that my mother's you know Aboriginal, but anyway, my mother was traveling with me at, at two years old yes. on Santa Fe, just me and her back right. in the sixties. Right. We never sat in the back of the train. Wow. We, I never witnessed any racial in, you know injustice that we have done. Okay. My mother's got pictures. Uh, 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 you know, people, white people are taking time out because it was just me and my mom to take a picture. My mom has me on her on a show on her lap. Right. I'm three, and, and she, uh, she's holding me like this. Right. And somebody's taking a picture. This is like somewhere in Albuquerque, yeah, a New Mexico. But she like, was she was really fair skinned though, too. Correct. My mother, yeah, she's yeah. very fair. Yeah, she could pass. I, I, a lot of people say that your mother probably was so exotic that they just ex passed. 
you just like that movie the they did, like Pass. Yeah, yeah. she Absolutely. got the pass. Wow, that's that's just man. <laughs> oh, and we slept. Look, we just slept in the back. We slept in a regular car. Wow. Okay. Well, they didn't put us in the back of the, in a bus. Right, and that was the upbringing I, that you became yeah, and culture. See, and also, my grandmother, um, you know, they grew up uh, in Bronxville. Okay. Um, my grandmother uh, was born in 1911. She uh, survived the Great Depression. Right. My mother was born here in Chicago, Providence Hospital. Okay. Uh, no, no, probably Providence. It might have been another hospital. But anyway, um, in 1935, so I grew up in Bronxville. So I grew up in Bronxville. Okay. I have a lot of roots in Bronxville. Right. Okay. And good. a lot of people think, you know, I'm Hyde Park, which I do. I have a lot of roots in Hyde yeah, Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad was in South Shore. Right. You know, so I had family, you know, and I got all these. Uh, you know, extended family. Correct. It's all over. So I lived on the west side on, on Holman. But really, um, my mother was a socialite. Um, she was a, she, and I would say that I, my DNA, my dad was security. Okay. My mother was orchestrating and putting things together. She was a den mother. Right. And then she, um, she would always organize like the Christmas parties, okay. the New Year's parties. Yeah. And so I, I used to sit back and see my mom. She would put on wigs, and this would be glamorous shit, right? Oh you know? yeah. And everybody's coming over, and everybody's dancing, and I'm the only young person there, right? See, and my grandmother's jamming, right? Yeah. So for me, house party meant home. Yeah. You know, I grew up on WLS and BON. Okay. And so. I, you know, don't hey, don't get it twisted. I I I definitely witnessed a racial uh, hatred yeah. in the city. Yeah. But in terms of growing up, went to Walt Disney twice. Yeah. So what specific records come to mind doing at this time right now? 74? Yeah. Earth, Wind & Fire. Okay. Stevie Wonder. Right. right. I mean, uh, really, uh, yeah, Earth, Wind & Fire was huge. Okay. So how did you get into promoting? Well, I started out as a DJ. I was with a DJ organization called the Red Sound. Well, Reggie was <laughs> Reggie was down there, you right. know, uh, sticking up my... <laughs> Hold on. Let's pause right there for a second. Okay. Pause right there. Let me cut this. We combined. Um, it was Rare Pleasure. And I, I, I don't get upset at me, Rory, but it became Rare Sounds of Space. Okay. And Vince, uh, Vincent Sparks was our manager. Okay. There was Sparks Record Store, and they had Sparks uh, Club in Hyde Park. Right. He was our manager, and he had the sound system. We had all the best records. Okay. So we were the competing brothers to the chosen few. Oh, really? We were the ones that really started the whole wave, new wave, punk kind of thing, because I was punk. Okay. I was punk more, uh, and not house. Right. Now, chosen few, were they, were they punk too? And, and no, no. The chosen few are known for the loft. Okay. Um, and if you understand the history of, of, let's just say, intimate parties. Right. David Macuso's Love Save the Day right. was a law party. Okay. Law parties became synonymous with live parties. Gotcha. In, in law parties, anything goes. Yeah. Best music. The best spaces that you would never, you know, like some yeah. industrial space that you've never been. Yeah. And like, it's really laid out nice and they, they decorate it. So, and you meet interesting people, artists, you might meet a, a, a political, you know, it's like, right. under, so that's underground. So everybody was there. But yeah. everybody was there for one reason, one reason, the music yeah, underground. Okay. And back then it was the name of the promoter. Okay. Now, nothing to do with the DJ. Nothing to have to do with the DJs. It's about all about the promoter. The promoter. If the name of the promoter, Sam Chapman. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. 
Kurt Townsend. Oh, now you put all these guys together. Marvin Kurt Terrible. Townsend, Marvin Terry, yeah. Terrible Ted, Sam Chapman, Al McCormick. They did the McCormick place. And it was coming. Aqua Boogie. Yeah. Sold it out. Yeah. Back in the 70s. Wow. Okay. Now, let me tell you something else. So, because, so okay, stop right there. So yeah. the promoters were doing this. Who was some of the main DJs at these parties? <laughs> don't even care. Really? Sam Chapman DJ most of these. Right. They all DJ, okay. but they promoted. See, that's the thing. They understood how to promote an event, right? Which being the producer, right? And at the same time, they DJ. Okay. Kurt Townsend DJ. Right. Al McCormick DJ. Uh, Sam Chapman DJ. Terrible Ted DJ. Marvin Terry didn't. Right. But Marvin Terry was a guerrilla marketer. Yeah. yeah. I mean. You can say whatever you want to say, but he had late point towers on lockdown for prom every year. Yeah, absolutely. And I, these are the guys that influenced me. Okay. This, so what was your breakthrough party and what year was that, Dave? Okay. My breakthrough party that would put me on the map for, from that point, that was like placing the flag on top of Mount Everest. Right. Was, uh. The Battle of the DJs at Sowers. At Sowers, okay. That's the battle that Steve won. Okay. Uh, we had basically wall-to-wall, standing on top of the tables that is packed in the back. We had to lock the doors down. My mom dis- collected the money. Right. And uh, I had somebody do the mailing list, and my dad did security. We couldn't let nobody else in. We had over uh, 2,000 people. Wow. Now, who was the DJs at that time? That was the Battle of the DJs. Right. Now, now who was all in it for Farley them? was a judge. Okay. Um... Hudson Boudoir was a judge. It was Andre, Steve. Andre Hatchett, Steve Hurley. And I can't remember, but Steve won. Okay. And what Steve did, <laughs> Steve played the song. It's like a workout song. Okay. Class, everybody get ready. Right. On one. Okay. On two. Yeah, I might paraphrase him, but ask Steve. Yeah. But it was it, that's what he started off with. And then he came in with Nestor F. Right. I mean, I'm just praying for it because that's a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. I had the tape, but somebody stole it from me in, New- right. in Hawaii. Wow. We recorded because back then we had the the, the, the boom box yeah. and we record. And that's how we had, we record a live party, right? Right. And Frenchie did my sound. Okay. And I had double bass. Yeah, scoops. you said it was like eight feet tall, huh? Eight feet tall. Wow. You, could, you could put your whole body in there. Get out of here. With the horns. See? There you go. And you hit you. So, so your parties at Sowers, man, and other locations help set the tone for straight kids interpreting some of the gay culture and myth of whoa, the warehouse. Oh, time out. Wait, whoa, okay, wait, okay, cut, all right, cut. Okay. Let's get, hey, hold on. If you're, if you're standing up, you might want to sit down. Okay. Because I'm going to lay the facts. Let's just get it. I'm, I'm laying the facts. I got receipts. Yes, sir. Please do. Go ahead. I'm going to paint the pretty picture of what it was back in 1975. Okay. The warehouse didn't come on until like 70-something. Okay. Back in the 70s, you're not going to anything that's gay if you're a straight man. Okay. Majority of those places were gay, black, or Latino men. Okay. Back in the day. We stayed separated. You might have a gay cousin. You're not hanging out with him. I'm not. Right. I'm not. Right. It's not homophobia. It's just that. He wasn't doing it at the time. We're not doing that. Right. I grew up on good times, all in the family, right. the Jeffersons, <laughs> right. and Chico and the Man. That's my foundation. Chico and, and the Man. And Gunsmoke. Right. 
Okay? Okay. We're talking about real men. Ain't no toxic shit. Right. It's just real men. Yeah. Okay? The rifleman. Right. With him and his son. There okay? The Lone Ranger. Even with Tonto, he's even... He, Tonto ain't even an Indian. He's from, uh, from India or some shit like that. Right, I'm, right. I'm just joking. Right, right, right. But, yeah, so... Um, let me tell you, and I always say this. I only went to the warehouse probably on three occasions. Okay. And I went with a group. Right. I went down. It was me, Farley, and Steve. Okay. We went down there and parked and set about across the street. Okay. Because, first of all, it's a gay party. Uh, we, we like girls. Right. What the fuck are we going in there for? Yeah. Uh, okay, we... We've heard Farley, I mean Frankie, and you know Frankie was he was okay. He wasn't. He he, he began. He, he got better. Okay. But the ambience that they brought, and I will have to say this, it's the New York flavor. Yeah. All day long. Yeah. Robert's from New York. Right. Frankie's from New York. So, what they did, they took what uh, Wayne and them did, which was the law. Now, I don't know who the first person that did a loft party in Chicago. Okay. But I will say this. In terms of the chosen few. Yeah. And the loft. I heard about it down when I was at WIU. I think it was 1979, 80. I, when I came to the loft for the first time, because my guy, Michael Benson, I grew up. He right. grew up on right on uh, 80th and Merrill. I, I on 79th and Merrill. Okay. We, we were rooming. Right down the street was uh, 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 the singer with the shylights. We all in that area, so right. it's all this talent, and I remember Michael said, "Man, you we, you got to go to this party called the Law. I mean, it's a cho- these DJs called uh, Chosen Few. It's, it's called the Law." He said, "Man, they they're in there. Uh, it, you know, two girls could be dancing with a guy, and, or you know, girl take off her top, and you know, titties just showing, and <laughs> nobody's disrespecting her, and right. you know, and, and jacking, and, right. and I'm like, what, 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 what? Right? Okay, wait, man. No, you you're kidding, right?" No, man, and the music is off the chain. So, I mean, what kind of music? It, you know, it's it's like, it's underground. It's like, it's disco, stuff that we heard maybe on Disco DAI. Right. And stuff that you might have heard on, v, uh, on LS or yeah. VON, right? Yeah. And so, my first time went in there, I had to I, I had to keep my jaw, I had to hold my jaw with my, my, my palms. Cause right. It was all I mean, wild. all like, everything that he said was actually happening. And I, me... I'm stunned. I'm like, she has her titties showing. Right. And now, what year was this? I'm sorry. I'm breast. Okay. Right. This is 19. No, you, you can say whatever you want to. Yeah, 1979, 1980. Okay. So okay. I think yeah when I when I met uh, Wayne, but I met I met uh, Kurt first. Okay. And that was in like 1975. So I knew Kurt and Batman. Right. Before I knew Wayne. Okay. Because I was Mendo. Yeah. Mendo was. <laughs> Was no joke. Look, <clears throat> I'm setting the record straight. You can, you can, if you, you better come with receipts because I got receipts. Okay. Kurt Townsend, hands down, right, is the reason why House is today. Okay. Nobody duplicated what Kurt did. 2,500 teenagers. Twice a week, Friday and Saturday, for I don't know ten from 1974, I believe they started, to I believe in 1989. Wow! And within that time, I know in the times I was going, and my mom used to drop me off. Yeah, yeah. And mom's, it would be over at midnight. The 
parents would be there picking up their children. Never an incident, ever. Two floors of teenagers. Right. We were in school jackets, pride at our schools. And when I got a chance to meet Kurt, and I think because I was doing, I played football for Carver, and I was, I was pretty, I'm in the Hall of Fame, so I was pretty, you know, known football player. <laughs> I, I just got to say that. Go ahead and say that, Dave. I got to say it. I'm in the Hall of Fame. You go out okay. to Carver High School right now, right. you see the Hall of Fame. I'm in okay. the Hall of Fame. Right. Got presented at Gately in 2010 okay. at the homecoming with Coach Jackson. Y'all know Coach right. Jackson. His son works at the Family Den. Okay, he's a okay. more. Okay, right. more. Anyway, uh, so. So let me ask you, did you ever consider DJing at your parties? Well, really, this is how it all started. Down in Western Illinois, I was the DJ. Okay. Before there's any mixes. We right. take the record off, drop it. Just drop so it. So I would be the one. Um, we started out. Risque originated down at WIU with an offshoot group called Gucci, which I created, called Gentlemen's Unification of Conceptual Individuals. So we were like the. And that was Gucci Productions. Productions. Right. Now, I came back home <clears throat> and I brought it. And I was promoting it at Sowers, and it continued. And so I basically, I was DJing down there because what we did, we were, all, we were good with all the frats. We did yeah. all the after parties. Okay. We charged $2. You get Gucci Punch and a joint. Right. Okay? I would DJ. And my other brother named Rod would um, back up. So that time, the kind of music we're playing, this is 1979, 1980. Right. You know, it's funk. You know, it's like... Um, Silvers, yeah, uh, that kind of that funk dance kind yes, of sir. soul train yes, stuff. Sir. And so you, you know, we got a chance to play a lot of slow jams. Like a lot of people don't know, Manchild, right? You know, Babyface mm. was in that group, Manchild, which is out of Chicago. Wow, and that's a classic song. Okay, okay. So a lot of slow jams got played at back parties, Mandrill, yeah. stuff yeah. like that. A lot of jazz fusion. So anyway, um, with that being said. That's kind of where, oh, I will say this. I, I have to say this. Because I went to Carver High School. Okay. And because I was, uh, it's kind of interesting that the stepping the stepping part of house, which in a way was, uh, like Chicago State was really big. Right. And I used to go, I used to go to Hummingbird. I used to go to Sheba. I would go to, all, I used to go to Dungeon. I would go with a stepper because I went to Carver. So, yeah. you know, out there was GD's. So you had the players, yeah. you know, and so, you know, I respected that culture because right. they were going to school. Yeah. You know, and they were making their money and they were just the suave, right? Yeah. So when I would see them step, it was this one dude, man, I can't remember his name, but he was known. This motherfucker was so cold. Right. And so I, I used to check out steppers and how they would move. But my, and from Fred Astaire, uh, 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 Sammy Davis Jr., yeah. Uh, Gene Kelly, yeah. I looked at those on TV. But when I saw the steppers and the kind of swag and the fine women that they had right. and the way they movements, I incorporated that in my movements in terms of my, my DNA. Yeah. But I got what really started was Jackie Wilson. Okay. Like when, you know, in the movie where uh, Eddie Murphy, his mother tells him to do a joke and he's little. Yeah. When I used to, my mother said, David, show you that dance. Show that dance. So I, you know, I would I imitated Jackie Wilson's dance. And and I would, so dance. I'd do that, and right. everybody would be like, "Oh, David!" And so <laughs> from that point on, and my mother bought me a Tony the Tiger uh, drum set. That was my first drum set. Right. At five years old, and my mother put all this together. So it was a big party. I had 
relatives. All, you know, it was just. And so from that point on, and I say it in the song, that I could put a, a smile on a person's face. Yeah. And then for a long time, Mo, I was trying to figure out who was I? Like, okay, I'm this guy on stage. I'm the Indian, um, but what's that mean? Like, right. okay, how can we package this? <clears throat> how can we really make this um, plaudible where we can take it, like you can buy a sculptor of me, and I could say that I put all my energy, and you can buy it for $5,000 and put it in your house, and it would bring all your dreams come true. Right, right, right. And I'm so, so at that time, were you wearing your Native American headdress at the time? No. Back okay. in the... Um, honestly, tell you, I've known about my heritage, but there was no way to communicate. Nobody was talking about it. You know, uh, I didn't know anything about slavery until Roots. Uh, nobody talked about slavery in my family. They always talked about the Indians. They talked about the Choctaw. And my grandmother, her middle names are right. all her great-grandparents. Okay. Melinda. Uh, and there are four names. They're great. Her grandmother, her great-grandmother, her right. great-grandmother. Right. So they carried the names within the name of the middle. My name. I got a middle name. Okay. Christopher is one of them. Right. My mom knew what she was doing. She read the book of Psalms. She was, that was her favorite book. So David became that. Okay. And then Christopher, I never really asked her about Christopher, but she was a Christian. So yeah. I figured she just wanted to add that in there. Okay. And then, you know, for a long time, I kept Walker separate from Risque because it's like, you know, Alan's a uh, lawyer by day and DJ by night. Yeah. I was a truck driver by day <laughs> and a performer. And I, right. So I just didn't want to mix. Yeah. Nobody knew as it. But you I, said you. Uh, we were talking before. You said you get like the inspiration from the the Native American guy in the village people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. When I when I saw the village people, I didn't see. I saw men. I didn't see gay men. Right. I saw different aspects of men and they and okay the one guy that had the short you know the, right, uh, right. but what stood out for me was the indian okay and he didn't represent any kind of gayness he represented culture and that reminded me i said wait a minute i'm aboriginal and so i said when mr ali came along mm -hmm. we decided we we're gonna every persona uh Jerry's going to be like the Dean Martin because he likes to drink wine. Right. Vic was going to be, I forgot, Vic the Cubano because they right. smoke cigars. And yeah. I was going to be the uh, the, the club kid because I was in, I came from New York. So right. that, that was the other thing. I said, I said, what would leave a signature mark in people's head? Okay. There Andrews. you go. Yeah. But then I find out I'm Belizean. Okay. I'm Mayan at yeah. 54 years old. Right. So I was already expressing my ancestry yeah. and not even knowing it. Yeah, I mean, and and it works, man, because that whole culture and, and, and dress and vibe is is prominent within the house culture with Dave Risque, and we see you on stage, and we see that. So we're gonna go to, did the Hot Mix Five play a part of your promotion, and was that a factor and influence in your crowd? Uh, that's a that's a great question, Maurice. Uh, Farley, me and Farley go way back, and uh, Farley, Farley is pivotal. Before it was house. Right. We're talking about the that early 80s radio. Yeah. I, uh, 82. Right. 
I was in the core, and they had the hot mix fire. Yes. So Farley was really playing. Really, he took off from what Disco DAI was doing. Right. And that crew together yeah. was phenomenal. Okay. And Saturday Night Live, Ain't No Jive, House Party was phenomenal. Now, check this out. <laughs> I was a guerrilla marketer, too. Okay. I don't sometimes, uh, you know, I don't play by the rules. Okay. Because, you know, it's a competitive market, so you got to do right. what you got to do. Right. So one day, I think I did, uh, I took the, uh, the Hot Mix 5 and I put on the flyer and some shit uh, <laughs> promoting it. And I got a call from Farley. Okay. And uh, what was the DJ at the time that brought uh, BMX? Uh, Kenny Jason? No, the, no, no, no. Oh, the, Armando. No, the brother that was on there. Oh shit! That was on uh, B, uh, G, not BMX at the time. Was it Marv Dyson? I think Cooper. Oh, it was somebody like I, I don't. I know what yeah. you're saying. Well, they called me up, Farley and him, from the station. They say, "Dave, man, you you can't put you can't put the hot mix five on your flyer without <laughs> asking permission." I said, "Well, you know, I I thought you know I, I I'm sorry, but I had already put the shit out, right?" Right. So anyway, uh, that was my first kind of bad boy. I was kind of. But how did that party go, though? Oh, it was great. Okay. <laughs> it's great. So let me ask you, Dave, and I ask everybody this: Where do you remember first hearing the term "house," and how do you think it came about? The term "house music." Okay, I'm gonna be honest with you. I wasn't here. I was in Hawaii. Okay. The first song that I saw that had anything to do with house without me knowing house, because I can't even remember. I think this was in Tower Records, downtown Waikiki. Um, I'm not sure if they had a crate section that said house music. Okay. I just, they might have, and, and, but I, the first song record I came across was Jam Silk, Jack Your Body, Music is the Key by Steve Silk. I said, I said, what? Right. I'm like, wait, you know, Steve, this right. is 1984, 83, 84, right? Somewhere around there, because a lot of times we would get music before the states would, right? Even Japan, because even Japan, I got Sade before she came out in the states, right? Because I was in uh, Tokyo in 1983, 84. Right. I went, I did two tours. And what branch were you in? Marine Corps. Marine Corps. There you go. Yeah, and so uh, the word house. I was kind of embarrassed to, it was, I won't say embarrassed, but I think the first time I heard it was, uh, I think I was in Hawaii and I would come home and leave. I had 30 day leave. So I was kind of connected, but then I'd be gone back to Hawaii. Right. Right. Um, but for me, I've always said, like I said before, house parties started with my family. Right. In the house. In the I house. did house parties in the basement, the red light. Okay. The index cards, the who, the when, the where. So for me, it was always house. It was always house. Right. Okay. No, no, that's great. I'm, I'm, is, lead me to this me, next question. Right. Are you a house head? And no, what's the no, difference? No, no, no. Don't ever, ever <laughs> call me a house head. That's <laughs> almost right. like call me the N-word. Wow. Really? Look at my logo. It's okay. in my heart. Groove is in the heart. So what's the difference, Dave? The difference is you could be a head, but your head could be fooled. Mm. Your heart is your soul. Blood, sweat, and tears I done put in. This ain't no game to me. Right. I done done everything 
from putting up posters by myself on the west side, yeah. downtown, yeah. southwest side, yeah. by myself. Nobody helped me. Right. Jimmy Kimbrough did. I had a team at one time. Right. But the job had to get done because it was my name. Right. And another person that I want to interview, and you should be still alive, Antonio Wade. Antonio Wade is one of the premier designer, graphic designers before there was computers. We talking about cut and paste. Right. He made the shit like it was computers. Right. And I got flyers to prove it. Okay. Now he lived in Hyde Park, right off of Forty, right off of Lake Park, uh, in that Kingwood area. Now I don't know where Tony's been because, right. like Craig Rex Perry, was another brother that was incredible. If Craig Rex Perry did a, a party, you're going to it. Now Craig Rex Perry, God rest his soul, he lost his life, I believe, right before COVID. Another uh, uh, Sterling Capriccio, right? My brother out in. Uh, out in Vegas with, with, with Rory, uh, Kevin McCormick. Right. These are guys that were doing promotion that were underground. Right. And so they, you know, uh, Kevin did hair and Sterling did fashion. So that's where the whole fashion kind of thing, because GQ was big. Yeah. You know, so, you know. So you, it was a fashion to the culture as as well. Yeah, yeah, because I'll put it like this. Chicago, like Tony Shelton was a punk. Uh, disco. That's she was punk. I was a punk disco. Uh, 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 Cherie Wallace, who's a veterinarian. Right. You know. We, so there was a little. There was a punk crowd. Right. Within there was you had the prep boy. So you had these cliques, but it all came together because, like, Sowers was the shit. Right. It, even after I left, people right. continued to do things there. So, right. I, but I was the one that started it. And yeah. got the biggest name out there in terms of, okay, you got to go. Yeah, no, exactly. So what DJs from that time do you feel that were underrated and didn't get their proper shine? I, 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 really, it was only a few, a handful. I mean, the community wasn't that big. Okay. Okay. Um, Sours, and then you had the playground. Right. I kind of did not like the fact of the playground because it took, it took the underground a little bit more commercialized because they, they were hitting all over the city. At the time, the loft only held... Um, that floor used to go down. That, yeah. it might have, I, I, you can ask Wayne. It's a big building. The yeah. loft is a, it's a really big So building. you think the, the playground made it too commercialized? Let's put it this way. Craig... And his brother, um, they really wanted to expand this music. It wasn't called House yet. Okay. It was underground. And it was, they, Craig was great at his promotion. And he had Jesse and Farley. Okay. And the place was like 20,000 square feet, yeah. upstairs and downstairs. Now, who was your promoter competition back in the day? Was it Craig or yeah. who, uh, was Craig? Playground. Okay. Um, yeah. The, the, and that's the other reason why I didn't go. I, I didn't go to a warehouse for a lot of things. I was doing my own thing. Yeah. When I split off from Red Sounds of Space, it's because I, I really, my creativity, if it ain't done my way, it's the highway. Okay. So I went off and started promoting. Right. And left DJing because I, I figured, like I was telling you, it's more risk, but it's more re reward. Yeah. When I can create this whole thing. Yourself. Yeah. And then at the same, I can make the DJ shine. That's And that's what happened. The promoter 
began to promote the DJ. Okay. And so that's how the DJ grew. But at the same time, the DJ was promoting the song, so that's how you had the singers to right. come out and perform. Right. And so it kind of it was synergy. Yeah. But now it's motherfuckers standing there with a camera <laughs> looking at the DJ. Right. Not dancing at anything. Not even dancing. Yeah. I'm going to outlaw that shit. Yeah. Matter of fact, you're going to be fine. Right. I'm going to more. You're going to be locked up. Hey, I heard that. We need that, David. Seriously. Need- and, and look, it ain't house no more. Yeah. It's estates. Yeah. Estates. <laughs> E-S-T-A-T-E. Estates. Right. Let's talk about land. Yeah. Yeah. So do you remember when Jamie Principal, Your Love, was being played outside the warehouse? And how did that impact the scene? Jamie, that's interesting because a lot of this music I heard in Hawaii for the first time. Okay. Uh, Hawaii was very interesting because it was New Wave. Matter of fact, they had a club called The Wave. And they played New Wave music. So so Hawaii, I grew up. I'm I'm 21, 22, so I'm growing up on all the the 80s rock music, right? Um, right. The new wave, the British invasion, mm-hmm. uh, like uh, what's that song? Uh, uh, the Cockatoos, uh, no, uh, the Flamingo, uh, all those groups that were coming from uh, uh, Europe, right? And um, and Madonna was big, right? And and, and and Michael, and Prince, right? And Charday, so. It was a really interesting time, and then you had you had the, the funk area, you know. You had your uh, uh, what's it, Alexander O'Neill. Mm-hmm. So I was over there at that time, and house music because I was a DJ named Sidey from Philly that I befriended. He was in the Air Force, and so I started doing events. Right, and they and there were clubs that they were playing house music, okay. but at the same time they were playing New York club. Right. If you know what New York Club is, yeah. you know, all that. I call it Porter Rock music. Right. But that New York Club sound, which I love, like, like, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm on phone, but. Yeah, I'm on phone, yeah. yeah. that, man, ooh. Yeah. See, I was in New York, dude. Right. Right when the garage closed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so that, that was like 87, 88, yes. 89, right? Okay. Oh, it was pure steel. Did you come back to Chicago? What year did you come back to Chicago? I came back 91. 91. Mm. In '91, I said, "Okay, I got the South Side, the South Side on lock. I got to take the North Side." Okay, that's when I, I did three flights up. That's on Michigan Avenue. It was right down the street from a Cotton Club. Okay, a brother named Garland. He only he had a loft. It was three flights up, right? So I promoted this event. I got Lil John and Freddie Bang because they were down they right. had a record store Freddie on State Bain, yep. Street on Michigan Avenue right so I had ran into uh, Lil John and Lil John knew me from back in the day because I was I was known back then and right. I didn't really know what I was known yeah 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 but that's one of the reasons why I left and went to the Marine Corps like I wanted to get away right because it was getting to a point where I go to the north side and chicks see me and I had a brother named Al they think I'm Al and Al, they think when they see Al they think that's gay right 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 so it got to a point and I, and I came back from college and me and my mom was butting heads. I'm living in the crib, and I wanted to be a DJ. Like, a DJ? Right. After all of this? <laughs> you was going to be a doctor. You're going right. to be a DJ. Right. No, Negro. No, she didn't call me that. She said, uh-uh. So my mom didn't, wasn't feeling it. I'd be coming home, like, you know, 4 o'clock in the morning at the DJ. And I'm in the Wild Hunters, right? So I'm on the bus. <clears throat> right. I'm coming through. 
Yeah. Ro- Rosen, right. Michigan Avenue, you know, while I just, it wasn't safe. Yeah. But I'm out there, got my creative records. Right. And then I got to driving, so I had my car. And then, like I said, Vincent Sparks, and we were getting digs. We did first impressions. What we did was special. Okay. We would be tag teaming. Right. We were, we were doing, I would, uh, Rory play, we play, and we so we had like a show. Okay. And so that's what made us really stand out with the chosen few. And that's what made, that's all I know. I didn't know any other DJs. It was, right. it was, it was uh, Wayne, Allen, yeah. Tony, Andre. I mean, it was just far. So when you went up to the North side, who was your, um, besides yourselves and everything, who was your go-to DJs that you would try to hire? Uh, Perez, Ben Perez, Ben Perez, Ben Perez was one. Okay. Cause he used to play at the century. Um, the coconuts. I'm not sure who the DJ was, but coconuts was hot. Now, mind you, I'm, I'm way out in the hundreds, and I'm way up on twenty, uh, you know, four hundred North Broadway. Okay. You know, yeah, yeah. Driving. Yeah. Oh, AKAs. 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 Okay. Yep. Um, yeah, AKAs was hot, and AKAs was like the the young uh, college grad, right? Just out of college, getting a new job. Yeah. You know, we wearing suits and ties. Yeah. You know, I was like the Prince dude. Okay. Because Prince was big, and right. I was in Hawaii, so right. the whole Purple Rain, the wearing the pearls, yeah. that was me. That's with you. you know, <laughs> so I'm still rocking that, and I've been rocking uh, Mohawks forever. Right. So how does Chicago scene compare with New York scene, particularly ooh, like the shelter, ooh. body and soul type of parties? Oh. How does Chicago do it different? Come on. The fifth. Come on. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. You said you was going to come on here and talk okay. the truth. Okay. I'm, I'm going to have to set the record straight. And uh, I don't... It's This is just the truth. Okay, come on. This is my truth. Let's go. And I was there. New York, for me, was a graduate school for dancing. Okay. I thought I could dance. Right. And I did. I mean, here, I was... That's what I'm known for. But getting to New York... And seeing some of the cats that, and women, and hustle. Yeah. Like, one of my brothers was a Dominican brother. He was in the core with me. He took me to the Copacabana. Oh my God. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's all right. Oh my God. You talk about hustling. Yeah. You talk about salsa. Yeah. My first wife is Puerto Rican, like I said. Right. Carmen Iris Pagan. You can't get no more in Puerto Rican right, than right. that. Right. right, so that's what I said. I think, you know, that, that Latin blood is in me. Okay. All right. So, but anyway, I got there, and Frankie was at the World. Okay. I got there. I started working at the Dirty World because the world was going downhill. Right. But for me, in order to get into the scene in New York, because I'm an outsider. Right. Um, one of my guys told me, "You got to go see this dude named Andrew at the tunnel." Okay. So I went to the tunnel. Um, I was referred. He said, what you got to do. And at the time, I was working with Steve Hurley. I was with uh, Echotron. So I was kind of like a record uh, a and I, I had business cards and stuff like that. Okay. Um, never got paid. Right. That's Steve <laughs> that's Hurley. That's, that's for him. <laughs> hey, Steve. We got to do a record, baby. You know this. Right. But anyway, no. It, I was I was honored and privileged because I wanted to... I wanted to I wanted to prove that I could make a difference as an outsider coming from Chicago right. to New York. And Steve's name was the shit. Okay. So it got me into a lot of doors. Vinyl Records. Right. I got down there. 
and I showed my card. They're like, oh, Steve's so early? Yeah. And so I met Bobby Connors before Bobby Connors became Bobby Connors right, right. with Master Sound. Yeah. Because he was dating a girl that knew me from doing parties in Chicago. Yeah. She introduced me to him. I thought he was a brother. I'm like, it's a white dude. This motherfucker yeah. is cool as hell. Right. And, and me and Bobby on, became, on the house side, he did that This Is Sky and all that. So it was blowing man, up look, Yeah. This is how me and Bobby, this is how close we were. I believe Bobby lived in Brooklyn. He invited me over. We breaking bread, mixing. Cause I still, I was still, I was always practicing DJing. Yeah. yeah. He made me a mixtape. Bobby's my brother from this point. He, he knows this, you know. And he became the most sought of reggae, reggae producer. Yeah. With massive sounds. Yeah. And that one song that you're saying. Yeah. This is God. Yeah. Massive. So, yeah. And, and Basil. Yep. That's the other brother. Yeah. Now, these are cats that I knew came to... I had parties. I had, I had house parties yeah. in New York. And uh, me and Basil became friends at Nails. Okay. And that's why I'm going out to New York. My friend uh, uh, Sub- Sabaj was a doorman at Nails back in the day. And uh, Sabaj was a serious brother. He died of right. cancer. Okay. And he became a professional biker. Oh, wow. But he was also a personal trainer. Vin Diesel knew him before Vin Diesel was Vin Diesel. That's oh, really? Oh, wow. Like, yeah. Like, Sabaj is the man. Yeah. To get into nails, you got to go through to Sabaj. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we talk about every hip-hop artist. Matter of fact, I was there uh, Dougie Fresh's birthday party. Right. I got in because Sabaj, because yeah. my brothers, the twins, they knew Sabaj, and the twins were famous uh, twins from Brooklyn. I think they went to Brooklyn Techers. They were famous twins. Right. And so everybody knew the twins. And they knew Sabaj. Sabaj is older yeah. than me, but he was a man. Yeah. Last of the Mohicans, man. Man's man. So and, so before we get into that with some more of that, I want you to compare New York. Okay, so New York and Chicago. And it's apples and apples and oranges, man. You I, can't compare. Tell you tell you truth. You can't you can't compare. Uh dancing uh, y'all ain't seen dancing. What you see of me there's a culmination of years of Chicago of the last three years of me finding myself. And I'm going to tell you who makes your brand. The people do. Okay. I was always trying to think of something. Yeah. And then I would start in 2003, right before my, my grandmother made a transition and I know she was going downhill. Okay. But she wasn't sick. But I just, the spirit was telling me. Right. And I asked the Lord, I said, what is that you want me to do? I was a truck driver at the time. I was like, I can't, this is not, I can't see my life ending like this. Right. But I'm trying to be a father. I'm trying to be the walker, the truck driver. Right. <laughs> right. And so the voice said, use your voice. Okay. So six years later, me and, um, uh, I'm, I'm, this is all going to tie in together. Me and uh, Matt McGill at VON, I said, hey, man, I got an idea for a show. Okay. I said, Conspiracy Theory Thursdays. He said, wow, because he had just got a VON. So we, me and my guys, we did uh, High Five Paradise at the, at, at the point. And right. so we agreed to do the show. And so that's when a voice came. So since that time and over the last three years, all the trials and tribulations I've gone through with my marriage, 
being a you know a father, being homeless, right. uh, dealing with my uh, basically uh, OCD, um, PTSD, um, bipolar, which mind you, it's not an illness. Right, right. I can I'm going to change it to make it sound more digestible. Right. And that's called, let's, let's put it like this. It's mastering your imagination or mental wellness. Because a lot of people who have this, they think with both sides of their brain. Right. My daughter's a great anime artist. Right. My daughter's bipolar. My dad was bipolar. Right. So we carried the gene. Yeah. We think my daughter's a Pisces. I'm a Scorpio, true and through, 1111. Yeah. My dad was a Capricorn. And so my mom was a Capricorn. My moon is in Capricorn. Right. My son is in Leo. So I'm through and through a Scorpio. Right. So whatever you women think about a Scorpio, <laughs> I'm the purest form. Right. It's wrong show right now, Dave. Oh, we talk, okay, this this about house music, man. Oh, wrong okay, show. We, it is, so, this is about house no, music. No, no, I, I got you, but, but look, you listen, you're going a little too deep for that anyway, one right there. Um, no, New York, uh, hands down, dancing. Okay. All right. Period. No, that's good. That's good. Period. I want to ask you this, man, in sincere honesty. What do you feel house music needs right now culturally, and does it have a place in mainstream in its purest form? Yeah, I'm leading it there. Okay. This is culture. Okay. This ties us to the land. This music is not African. Right. I could prove it to you. Okay. I could play songs for you right now from Brazil. None of that is from Africa. Why is it that Fela imitated James Brown? Okay. Afropop. It's basically American soul music that they took. We ain't take shit from them. Right. We're not African, first of all. Okay. Now, you can call yourself an African-American. How are you going to be? You're the only people that are two continents. Okay. Not Irish-American, because Ireland is Ireland is, is a country. Right. So, you African. You done killed your grandmother. You ain't never been to Africa. You, ain't, you can't even call a relative over there. So what would you call yourself then? To be honest, you're Aboriginal. Okay. I'm Aboriginal. Okay. Ain't no slave in terms of, now we might have owned some slaves, but that was employment. A plantation is where they plant things. But that's a whole other story. I can I'm educate people on that. Because that's, and let me tell you something about Barack Obama. And this is what I tell you about anything. There's the negative, there's a positive and a negative. Okay. It's like eating fish, right? You spit out the bones. You eat the meat. Barack Obama digitized the Library of Congress. So you don't have to go to Washington, D.C. to look at these books. Okay. The books are there, scientific forms. When I'm talking about scientific forms, I'm talking about, we're talking about scientists that weren't prejudiced. Now, some of them, you got to read through the, the lines, but the, some right. of them might say things about, they, they tell the truth about what they saw here in terms of people who have originals. Right. Okay. Anyway, that's why. This is important because it ties us to the land. Right. And and that's 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 what you're saying, you that and that's what That's what's gonna keep music. this going because now we can write books, now we can do research, anthropological, okay, sociological, 
Right. We can look into all the different types of tribes are here. It's over 8,000 different tribe names. Yeah. But there's different sectors. You got the Algonquin. You got the Cherokee down through the southwest over. Right. Then you got the Khalifa on the west coast. You got the Apache. You got the Chippewa, the uh, uh, Potawatomi right here in Illinois. Right. So you saying that culturally house music needs to be where? It needs to come home. Okay. The estate. Right. Let's stop talking about the house. Okay. Let's talk about the land. Right. That's the reason why the music. Like, act like you know. Right. Okay, act like you know. Right. Or, relight my fire. Yeah. One, two, three, are you right. ready? Right. Keep on. Dance and shake your tambourine. Dance and shake your tambourine. Right. I could go on on. The titles of these songs are yeah. powerful. Right. Ass by Stevie Wonder. Right. Yeah. I could go on and on. So let me, let me ask you something that people want to know, too. Chosen Few Picnic, when you say that, they also see Dave Risque as an image and a face for that, too. You know what? Uh, I'm honored and humbled by the brothers because that became, it organically came, became what it became. Okay. I was the first recipient of the Chosen Few, Few Award. Okay. The very first, and that was in 2006. Right. Behind the museum. That was the last event that we had on a smaller stage. Right. Very small stage behind the museum. And from that point forth, they just allowed me. And, and not only that, Wayne is Apache. Yeah. And Wayne loved the fact of the headdress. And and not only that, I pulled my ass off. Yeah. I've even gotten better. Yeah. Oh, people, that's why I say I'm doing a one-man show like that Irish dude, but I got dancers. Yeah. But I got a whole show. I, I wanted to be the first house music disco right musical okay so what's next for dave risque my song the dave risque experience that you're producing okay okay <laughs> okay all right absolutely that song right there is going to put me on the the gaia not global okay. gaia all right Mr. Dave Risky, wow, okay. You're going to take that song to the next level. That's going to put me out there so that I can reach billions of people's souls. All right, let's, let's, let's pray I'm on that. I'm doing this for the Lord. Yes, sir. Allah. Yes, sir. Whatever your God you call, right. you're going to call him. So what do you want people to know how to reach you and everything, man? So give, give out all your information right now. Let me Dave. say this. I want to thank everybody out there who, who's ever come in contact with me. Um, this is a mantra that I share. It's a Samoan mantra because I have Samoan blood. This mantra is very simple. It says, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I guarantee you, if you do this mantra on your back in a quiet space, you put your right hand over your heart, you take your left hand and you put it over your womb. That means your uh, solar plex right 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 under your navel that's the womb even for a man because that's where our um, prostate is you close your eyes and you repeat that and you can mix it up as you get better but if you repeat it over and over again I guarantee your life will change your vibration will rise and I mean honestly you want to see yourself in the future of what you want to become 
You can create you because you are you. It's just an avatar. So whatever you can conceive, you can achieve. Life is abundant. What does it say? What's the first word in the first sentence of the Genesis? Tell me. Think about it. In the beginning. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God, right? Yes, sir. So was the word first or was God first? God, idea created himself. So before it was an avatar, and we I don't I don't it's genderless, it's the spirit, but the bottom line is the words, so the words that come out of your mouth dictate your future. So you have to be careful what you put out there because I am a shaman training. I am a wizard in training. But I'm a wizard to bring souls to light. And I'm no, I walk this earth as Malcolm, as Martin. I fear no man, I fear no evil. I've been to the mountaintop in spirit, and my ancestors, my mother's still with me. God. All right, brother. And that's, that's what gets that's me what through this. All right, good. But I tell you, it's because of you guys, my fan, and I'm not saying fans, I'm talking about family. Yesterday, my sister Denise my Scorpio sister, she came to tears, saying, David, don't you ever stop. We need you. And you know the word that came out of people's mouth over the years? What's that? It was inspiration, David. You inspire people. There you, that's absolutely true. And I guess I, I want to set the record straight. The day that I put out that SOS. Yes, sir. It was like the world was collapsing on me. And you got to understand, when I get in front of millions of people, in front of the shows, a few, I'm, my energy is being taken. And superheroes need to be re-energized. And for a long time, I felt alone, even with all those people. Because right. I, I couldn't find myself. I was like, where am I? And trust me, these tears of joy... Because I stand before you in the grace of God, because of the Lord's prayer got me here, and my ancestors, my grandmother Lily, my grandmother Patsy, my grandfather James, my grandfather James, my great-grandfather Adolphus Fleming from Belgium, aristocrat, a Moor that came here as a free man because he traveled. I don't know anything about slavery, but I ain't African. And I have nothing against Africa, but I love America. This is my land. This is my home. And once you start searching your ancestry and stop killing your grandparents, talk about you African-American. Because you know what? They're going to ship your ass over there real soon. And what I've been doing, this headdress, has got people to ask questions. And I'm talking about all kinds of people. I have a general manager of a, of a dealership. He's white as, he's, he's a white guy. He showed me a picture of his grandmother. His grandmother's Potawatomi. His grandmother is darker than me. The picture was done in the 1880s. So get this race shit out of your head. That's a distraction. We so related. 
I got so many white people coming to me. Yeah, my uh, my grand, my uncle is Cherokee. Uh, I had a lady up. Where'd you get your? Can I get? Can you give me a headdress? Where'd you get that from? I went on my reunion this year. I want to wear it. I'm, uh, I'm from Mississippi. I said, "Oh, you Cherokee? Yeah, Choctaw." The only day I take my headdress off now is on Sunday. It's a day of rest. My car is in the shop, so I've been taking public transportation. It takes me forever because people are talking to me. People want to do selfies. People want to smoke weed with me. People want to ask me questions. I, you know, and I have no problem doing so because that's my job. That's the voice that God said, use it in my wisdom. So you see these tears. These are my ancestors' tears of joy for me. And the day that, that SOS out, I had three friends die within three days of each other. One's a, a Army Melvin Moore from New York. I knew that brother talked to him on Facebook. I find out he died on Facebook. Sabaj, the gentleman I was talking about, professional biker. He was a doorman at Nails. Died of cancer. Mother friend from New York, I forget his name right now. It, it's be, but the bottom line is he was fighting cancer. But from what I was told, he committed suicide because he had a fight with his girlfriend. That all happened within the same day. Then on Thanksgiving, I'm supposed to be going. Well, I didn't have nowhere to go. I have no family. My family's gone. I'm by myself. But that's okay because I'm okay with myself. I love myself now. I had to take my kitten, a mancoon, to the veterinarian. On Thanksgiving, I'm there for eight hours. They're telling me, Mr. Walker, Ninja is his name. We have, surgery's going to be like $2,500. But even with the surgery, we don't think he's going to survive. That's my only family I have. He came to me. On the day I went to church, I went to go see my brother Al. This cat came out of a portal because he had never seen this kid. And it was a mancoon. A mancoon is a very expensive guy. One of the largest cats there. He was a kitten. Now, he came out. He came to me. He went around me. He went under my car. My brother Al, and he said, that's your cat. And I've been wanting a mancoon. He was black. And he's a male. My brother had litter, cat food, and a cage. Like it was all meant to be. And that day I went to church and I came in to tell him because I went to 83rd and Jeffrey at the Be uh, Calvary Baptist Church to visit. And I was so moved by the reverend. You know those times when you go to church and the sermon, it seems like it's directed right at you? Right directly to you, yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm back there balling. I got my yeah, sunglasses. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, whoa. And let me tell you something. I grew up in the church. And one thing, I, I don't have anything bad to say about it because what I like about it is the camaraderie of the energy and the songs and the feel good. You feel like, man, I feel like busted loose. You know, when you get out, you're like, it, it's a motivation. So that's in my DNA. My grandmother's a minister. So this is all tying in together. So with all that being said, all this wisdom I have, all of what I've shared from promoting, from running, from managing, from performing, singer, songwriter, I, I can go on and on, DJing. There's not a DJ in Chicago that I have never promoted. 
I had Jesse Delapena back in the day. Derek Carter. I've had almost every day. I had Mark Grant at Kaboom had them build out a DJ booth for him. Right. Lil John. So what happened that got me back into the groove in Chicago was my first three flights up. Right. It was massively successful. There you go. That's and Mark, uh, Mark Reed from Kaboom, the music director, showed up. Right. He said, wow, um, how would you like a night at Kaboom? I got a Wednesday. I forgot about that. I said, okay. I was in the, the first room, which was cool. But then they gave me the cabaret room on Thursday. The cabaret room had the screen. Right. It had the, uh, the three, almost 360 back high chairs. I did my birthday party there. I still have it on video. It was off the chain. And my crowd <laughs> was diverse. And they loved it. It was on Thursday night. So I was, I was doing every Thursday. And Mark Grant, that's where Mark Grant was set in stone. Because I had, they, they built a DJ booth from under the stairs. It was concrete. Yeah. S marked that. Right. Well, brother, that's that's why I want people to know your story, know some some of your history. Um, they oh, see how they can reach me. Yeah, and and they see you on stage. So I just wanted the people to get to know Dave Riskay. And I appreciate you doing this, man. All right, man. I, I, I love you, brother. Me, I love you. I love you. I love you being here. And, and hey, look. Yeah. I, we go back to vibe. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And that, was a, that was a hot record label. Yeah. I had that carrying case for the longest. Yes, sir. Man. Yes, sir. I, I I prayed that I didn't need a T-shirt. <laughs> and my wife, Deborah, was, yeah. oh, my God. So we, we got history, and I just wanted people to know your history, Dave. And, again, they can find you on, on Facebook. You can find me on Facebook on right. David Risque, uh, the David Risque Experience. <laughs> you can find me, uh, my conspiracy is, uh, or I like to call the uni Universal Forensic Observation. Uh, that's uh, David Researche Risque. Uh, you can Google me, uh, just David Risque. And there you go. My records will come up. Uh, say it loud. I'm house and right. proud. And, and we we got something special, so we're not gonna tell them. Yet. We're not we, gonna we, tell we, them. We gonna hold yeah, some yeah, up. We get, yeah. But um, just look out for it. Again, Dave, I want to thank you so much thank for this, you, man. Maurice, thank man. you for paying on this, man. brother. Uh, love you, man. Love you, man. All right. I appreciate it. Love you. I'm humbled by this. Yes, sir. And because of you fans, I'm here to stay until you don't want me to be here anymore. But based on everything that people have shown me love, I truly know that I'm love. And I got a lot of love to give. And trust me, the next time you see me on stage, I'm going to knock your clothes off. All right. All right, brother. <laughs> Peace, man.